Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, January 11, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're in Chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 158. On the fourth paragraph, we will be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph only, which begins with, that was in June 1935, and ends with the church from which he was long absent. Today's readers are Esther F., Kathy W., Dara L., and Crystal P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, January 10th, 2022, are... 18,381 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 18381, and 18,382 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 18382. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the OA 12 steps. Hi, and this this is is Elena C. I'm here. Oh, Elena, we're going to have someone else read today. Thanks. Catch you next time. Go right ahead, Esther F. Thank you. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day, everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the OA 12 tradition. Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our purpose, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be brought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Kathy W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the fourth paragraph only on page 158, which begins with, that was in June 1935, and ends with, the church from which he was long absent. I will now ask Dara L. to go ahead and read that for us. 
Hi, great. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. My name is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. That was in June 1935. He never drank again. He too has become a respected and useful member of his community. He has helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. Um, I love that paragraph. And, you know, uh, I, I don't think it makes sense out of context. <laughs> um, and, you know, the sentence right before this, this paragraph is that um, this man found God. And in finding God, he found himself. And then, you know, looking at all the incredible things that become possible as a result of that spiritual transformation as a result of entire abstinence and a spiritual transformation. And I was thinking about my, oh, my beloved uh, sponsor, who when I first, in our very first conversation, she said to me, you know, think about how useful you're going to be. And I said, you know, I'm not going to swear on the line, but I said, you know, F that, I don't care about being useful. Um, I just want to stop killing myself with food. And to go from that to having God sort of recreate my internal life, and then as a result of that, my external life um, has become vastly different. And I love in this paragraph, it says, you know, that this man has become respected and useful because for me, you know, when I think about where I came from, and this was years ago, but I lived my life in and out of insane, uh, you know, not insane, but um, institutions. I lived my life, you know, in and out of treatment facilities and I, I was not useful, you know, and I was not respected. I mean, the things that I did were, were very disgusting and dishonest and some of them were criminal and, you know, I had so much rage. And so to go from that to being someone who like, you know, my, my mom and my sister confide in me, you know, I have friends today. I have people that trust me with a lot of money, you know, and that's great to think about that. Um, to becoming a different person is, is amazing to me, you know, and then and then it also talks about um, becoming a power in the church from which he was long absent. And I think about how my experience and the experience that I get to bear witness to and others is that there's a restoration of old, you know, through the ninth step, through making amends, through, you know, the working of this program that some of the old things that were part of my life come back to me in a beautiful and new way. And there's also an infusion of new things, you know, new possibilities, things that I never believed um, would ever happen for someone like me who, you know, I mean, my entire wish for many years was just to muster up the courage to kill myself, you know, and to go from that to really loving and appreciating life. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not an outside job. Like I love that too in the paragraph before the one that, that I read today, um, they talked about, you know, how the, 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 the like he didn't get everything he wanted, you know, he, he failed a, a political race and all that stuff. And that's been my experience is that it's a recreation of my internal life. And, you know, regardless of my external con condition, um, if I am in this love affair with God and with myself, um, you know, I get I get restored to sanity and wholeness and, and miraculous things happen both inside and outside of myself. And so I'll pass. And thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Thank you, Dara L. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 158 in the big book of AA, 
that was in June 1935 through the church from which he was long absent, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Sarah R. from New York. Rob Sarah H. R. Rob H. Harlan G. Harlan G. Did you get Sarah? Could you say your name again? Sarah R. from New York. Oh, yes, I got Sarah R. You're first. But, okay, yeah, I thought I heard a different name this time, but perhaps not. So we have Sarah R., Rob H., and Harlan G. Did I miss a name, or does anyone else want to get in line? Judith R. Oh, Judith R. Maybe that was the voice I heard. Nope. Kathy <laughs> J. No? Oh, okay. Say it again. Kathy J. Is it Kathy J or Jackie J? Kathy J. Thank you. Kathy J. Gotcha. All right. Well, we have Sarah R., Rob H., Harlan G., Judith R., and Kathy J. Sarah R., go right ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, good morning. This is Sarah R., currently on the way to Lincoln Tunnel, but from Brooklyn. I love this reading um, so much. You know, it speaks about being a useful member of society. And that is the definition of being abstinent and following the steps, you know, because the opposite of being a useful member of society, according to what I think, is being a victim of society, which I actually have a PhD in, you know. I, I'm always a victim in any situation. And, you know, that's why the acceptance chapter is, is so beautiful to me. And that's why I have to read it every single morning to remind myself you know, and especially how it speaks about the more I focus on the solution, you know, the better day I have and the more I look to add to a meeting rather than what I can take out of that. And I, I like to apply that to all areas of my life. You know, as someone was just sharing, her sponsor told her to, you know, be a useful member of society and be of service. And, you know, stepping into these rooms on the worst of days and I'm just sitting there telling my sponsor how life sucks. And she says, cool Call another fellow and be of service. And, you know, my victim, non-absent, I mean, um, disease mind is like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, but that's why this program works because we're constantly giving. And I don't know about you guys, but if I'm, if I'm trying to be of service to someone else, I can't be a victim at the same time. It doesn't work for me. And, you know, it's funny because I spend half my time going extra and just being that extra person, you know, extra caring, extra giving. But that's because I spend the other half the time being that victim and being the taker. And I just feel that, you know, um, I heard in a meeting recently, um, if you can just be of service without getting recognition or without people noticing. And I think, I think that's really beautiful. And um, I love the fact that, you know, obviously I can't, get rid of my PhD in victimhood overnight, but just, you know, that's why in program we have the concept of 
one day at a time. So just for today, I could just see what I can add, what I can add when I get to work, what I can add when I talk to members of my family that I want to punch at sometimes, and what I can add to people who really piss me off. Because the more I focus on what I can give rather than what they're not giving me or what I'm not taking, I get to be a useful member of society. And it's not about what other people think of me. It's what I think of myself, right? That's my disease mind talking all about me. And as soon as I stop that, I get to, like, even see where other people are coming from, even those, those family members or, um, you know, friends and everything like that. So this is a beautiful, beautiful reading. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah R. from New York. Rob H. Uh, yes, this is, uh, thanks for uh, calling me. This is Rob H., uh, upstate New York. Um, well, I just uh, wanted to get on the line and uh, share basically because I was feeling uh, a little bit afraid today. I have, a, uh, have something going on today that's uh, making me a little bit nervous. But um, I saw this, you know, that was in June 1935. That's quite a while, quite a while ago. Uh, he never drank again, and he too has become a respected, useful member of his community. He's helped other men recover his power in the church. So I guess as far as my how I identify with this paragraph, um, I identify with it on a level of hope, and um, you know just just the uh, just the long long time that this person never drank again. That would be. I would hope that I could do the same thing with my, you know, um, with my foods, you know, that uh, cause me uh, troubles and um, becoming a respected and useful member of the community. I hope that I can be that as well. I think I am on my way to that, but, um, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress. And then, Helping other men recover. I I do have a couple of sponsees I'm pretty proud of that I, I feel like I'm helping them even if it's just a little bit. And um, uh, the church, like I I was I hadn't been to the church in a really long time, and then a couple of years ago we started going again, and um, so I've been helping out at the church more. So um, I guess <laughs> the fear I just have to say that fear of prayer and. Um, but everything else, it seems like every, it seems like even though I'm, even though I'm afraid, it seems like everything else is probably going all right. So I just have to uh, I just have to keep that fear prayer in mind. So just thought I'd come on the line and thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Rob H from New York, Harlan G. Thanks, Rebecca. If you could time me, I'd be eternally grateful because I'm out walking. Sure. Thank sure. you. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. This paragraph is extremely informative as to one of the questions that pops up all the time on vision. And that is, gosh, where does it say in the big book that we work the steps quickly? Well, let's take a look at the revealing property of the paragraph. Bill Wilson, excuse me, <laughs> cancel that. Dr. Bob will get sober on June the 17th, now some of you are saying, wait a minute, he got sober on June 10th. If you Google the medical convention of AMA 1935, 
you'll see that it really ended on the 17th, Bill and Bob being notoriously bad with dates. But let's just go with June 10th. We'll just go with what's written. June the 10th, Bill, uh, Bob gets sober. By June the 26th, 1935, Bill Dotson will have been the third person that they will visit. 16 days after Bob got sober, he has made 12-step calls on three people. Three people in 16 days. So that teaches us, again, we work through the steps quickly. What else does this paragraph reveal to us? As the disease starts to putrefy and permeate and, and sicken every aspect of our lives, the recovery, conversely, will improve areas of our life beyond what we're eating. The disease is not just about what we eat. The recovery is not just about what we eat. Bill Dotson becomes a useful member of society. It doesn't just say he sat home and got sober and sat in his room and, not drank, and, and doesn't drink. He's out living his life. We don't live to recover. We recover to live. And he lives his life. And on, in, in 1954, with 19 years of sobriety, he will pass, never having had a drink since that day. But it's not just that he sat around, twiddled his thumbs. He lived his life, and he spread the message to others and became a force in the Akron groups. So the paragraph is revealing, by June of 1935, Bob will have visited three people. By June of 1935, June 26th, Dotson leaves the hospital. By the end of June, he's outliving his life. There's only 30 days in June. We work the steps quickly. And we understand that as the disease permeates, putrefies, spoils, and vandalizes every aspect of our lives, the recovery will improve and work God's magic so that we live beyond the food. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Rebecca, for your service. Thank you, Harlan G. from Arizona. Judith R. Thank you, Rebecca. Judith R. gratefully recovered in Vermont. And grateful for this paragraph, and grateful that it basically happened in my life too. Um, not that I got abstinent right away when I came to OA forty some years ago, um, but um, when I finally realized it was life or death, I got when I got serious because I realized that. Um, then I became able to be a respected and useful member of my community. And I, I, I have to balance um, helping others recover. And um, I go to both church and synagogue, so I, uh, I have to balance all that love. Uh, and it's, it's uh, for somebody with ADHD, it's hard to balance all that. But it is so, so worth it. Um, 
I'm blessed as Bill was and Bill Dotson uh, to have had one of those um, spiritual awakenings that was reach out and touchable. Um, and I will be forever grateful for that. And I only understand it that God knew that I was in much worse shape than I had any inkling of and knew that uh, I had to get a knock-me-off-my-horse kind of spiritual awakening. And then it was hard to... At at first, OA was hard because it wasn't as religious as I was at that point, having gone from atheist to religious in one night. Um, But thank God for... uh, Thank God for vision and for healthy OA meetings that I always loved the big book, but this um, now I I live by it and instead of just loving it. Um, so I hope that I continue to help men and women recover. And uh, I just I'm blessed by that that one sentence. He's helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. I just think that's a beautiful um, balance of program and spirituality. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Judith R. from Vermont. Kathy J. Hi, Kathy J. in Illinois, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for your comments and service. Um, uh, this paragraph is just a short statement of the miracle. Um, it says before um, he had developed a relationship with God, um, there's a psychic change that happens when when we work the steps as written in the book. And that psychic change happens immediately. It happens immediately with Bill and Bob. Um, yeah, they do the steps first, but as soon as they can make that real conscious contact with God and they have the gift of desperation, something happens. And that's step one in its profound way. Um, he becomes, as a result, of this complete abandonment of um, the old self um, to a God of his understanding. Um, We have a relationship with God that can do for us what we can't do for ourselves, and they become happily useful. And that's what I am today. I'm happily useful. That's, uh, I can't just be happy because I'm doing what I want. That's not happiness for me. That leads to uh, you know, to uh, problems, but he never drank again. That's the miracle of this program. Um, It was removed. And that's what happened with the food for me Uh, and alcohol. I'm sober 30 years. I'm in OA 30 years. Um, I've had, I had a relapse, but I'm back from it because I became to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity again. Okay. And I've been abstinent ever since. and I can focus on my assets today and my abilities and developing my character. That alone is a miracle because I don't give a crap about my character before or anybody else. But by working with others, as it states in the book right away, like Harlan said, sorry about the crosstalk, you know, I felt phenomenal for the first time in my life, like everything fell into place. So immediately doing these things, it can happen immediately. It doesn't have to take 
um, a ton of time. If you follow the book as written with another person, a sponsor, or you know, if you can't find a sponsor, someone else. And then church, I've had church reconciliations. Uh, I was anti-church, anti-church, and I'm not anymore. I love, you know, I'm able to love and be useful. So I really appreciate this program and this meeting in particular because we stick to the um, directions, to the text. And thanks, everybody, for letting me share. Thank you, Kathy J. from Illinois. If you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page 158 in the Big Book of AA, that was in June 1935, through the church from which he was long absent, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Nadia E. Nadia E. Liz T. Liz T, is it? Yes. Great. Angie M. Angie M. Okay, we have Nadia E., Liz T., and Angie M. Nadia E., go right ahead. Oh, good morning, family. It's Nadia E. in Toronto, Canada. I had to jump in. Um, So definitely, you know, being of service, getting out of my head, getting out of myself, that's the answer. I just... um, um, Otherwise, I sit and and focus on me, and I just drive myself crazy, and the selfishness just doesn't get the recovery. Um, so I needed to also share that today is January 11th, and it marks 26 years of my sobriety, of my abstinence, of my recovery, and I'm just so, so grateful. And the thing is, I wasn't even thinking about myself when I realized it was January 11th, because I have the opportunity to be of service to my daughter and my son-in-law today. I get to babysit my eight-month-old granddaughter. So I'm so, so grateful for all the miracles in my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nadia E. from Toronto, Canada. Liz T. I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to pass and pick up a little bit later. Okay, we'll try you later. Angie M. This is Angie M from North Texas and I am a compulsive eater. Thankful to be with you all of you this morning. I really didn't feel like sharing, but um I was taught by my sponsor that Part of my service is sharing when I can, um, and I'm just so thankful for the program and the 12 steps and going through the steps with my sponsor. Um, I've definitely had some days where I felt like maybe this wasn't possible, maybe um, I was too far into my my addiction too far into myself, but listening to all of you day after day, week after week, um, has just tremendously 
just guiding me in how my abstinence is going to come about, how my recovery is coming about, and just being present in those steps every day, all day, because I have this, I'm goal-oriented as I walk around my house right now. Um, I'm task-oriented. I have my tasks in the morning, and I have them lined up, and my prayers have been my task as well. And so, you know, just check the boxes, check the boxes. And with all of the activity that goes on in my brain, it's so hard to be present to my prayers, to whatever I'm doing at the time. And so with all of you, I've been able to add to my writing in my meditation time what to ask for, including just the the desire to really truly be in the steps because I kept thinking, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing here? And I think it was just the fact that my brain wanders so easily and that I was forgetting to literally forgetting because I'm not used to it, even though, I mean, I've been in the program for a few months, but it still isn't, you know, it's going to take a while for, I think it to become second nature to me, but to reach out to my fellows to really pull out of that toolbox and use those tools and starting to become engraved in my brain and in my heart. And I'm just so grateful, so grateful for that. I know what to ask for if I don't have it. I know to ask to be present in what I'm doing, to be in the steps every day, all day, to um, ask for the desire and the willingness to see, to do this program and to see my disease for what it is and to stop listening to the voice of denial and to truly, truly see where my life is at the age of 47, where my health is, because from the outside, it doesn't appear to be my physical self, doesn't appear to be horrible, but I feel it. I, I feel those symptoms. I, I know what could happen as a result of my disease. I know I could be gone and not be here for my daughter, and if I have any chance of changing that of course I'm going to try through my higher power so with that I pass and thank you so much for your service thank you Angie M Liz T are you available now by any chance okay perhaps not yet so we have time for uh, plenty more people to share on this paragraph in the big book, fourth paragraph. I'm so sorry. Oh, is this Liz this is Angie? Were, were you talking to me? No, I was seeing if Liz T was available who had to pass before you, Angie, and I didn't hear okay. from her. So now okay. I'm just seeing if anybody else wants to share. Thanks for asking. Katie F. Katie F. Elise F. Elise S is in Sam? Yeah, mid-Florida. Okay, and I heard a male voice, I think. Dave M. Dave M. Trixie C. Cindy B. Tracy C. Trixie, T-R-I-X-I-E. Gotcha. Okay, and then somebody after Trixie, I heard a voice but didn't catch the name. Who came in at the same time as Trixie? Try again. 
perhaps you were muting. There was someone who came in at the same time as Trixie, and I didn't catch your name. So you'd have Cindy to start B. once. Cindy B? Cindy B, yes. Okay, great. Okay, anybody else want to get in the lineup? Liz T. Alita S. Liz T. and Alita S. Okay, I think that's going to um, do do the trick. So um, here's who I have, and I'm glad, Liz T., you got in the mix here. Katie F., Elise S., Dave M., Trixie C., Cindy B., Liz T., and Alita S., if there's time. Go ahead, Katie F. Can you still hear me? Yes. Good morning, Katie. Okay, great. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And... um, so I really love this paragraph because it, I'm glad it's in the big book because it is possible to never eat again. You know, I'm 61 years old. I came to OA the first time when I was 14, left and came back when I was 21. And I have been abstinent since I was 27. Um, and, you know, sometimes <laughs> I tell people that, you know, I've been abstinent for 34 years and they're like, huh? You know, there's just this dead silence on the other end of the phone because it doesn't seem like that's possible in these rooms. And, and it is, you know, I, I, and I'm not bragging about myself. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm just this great uh, person because that's happened to me because no one is more surprised than I am. You know, right now I'm sitting with my hand up with a pencil that my husband used to wrap my finger because I fell up going up the steps and I cut it and I need to go to the doctor to get stitches, but I'm on this meeting anyway. (laughs) And I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't hit my head. I didn't hit my face. I didn't break my teeth or my nose. And you know, that um, there's always something positive and that I don't have to pick up the food just because life gets hard and messy and ugly and everything you can think of short of my own death has happened in 34 years. And that's what happened with, um, in this, in this situation. And this is a real story. It's not, you know, like the man of 30, that's not a real person. This is a real person that never drank again until he died. And God willing one day at a time, that's my story. That once I surrendered and put down the food, was honest about what I needed to put down, stop trying to eat food that everybody else seemed to be able to eat with impunity, and put down everything, followed the directions given to me, did the steps, continue to work the steps on a daily basis. That's it. You know, uh, wash, rinse, repeat. I do it every single day, whether I feel like it or not. And, you know, um, it seems like it's such magic or something or impossible or only for certain people, but it's not. And I'm just so grateful today that I don't have to go back. And when life gets hard to think, well, I must not, I must be doing something wrong. So um, I might as well go out and eat for a little while and then I'll get back to this. No, I know that death is waiting for me either by my own hand or by this disease. And I am so grateful that I don't have to do that. And I am here. Amen. Pass. Thank you, Katie F. Elise S.
Elise S. from Florida, star one, to unmute your phone so we can hear you. Not hearing Elise S., we'll go on to Dave M. Hello, Elise S. from Mid-Florida. Oh, this is Dave M. Yeah. Dave, Elise came on at the same time after all, so we're going to have Elise Esco, and then I'll call on you, Dave. Sorry about that. Elise S., mid-Florida. Oh, thank God you found me. (laughs) Did anybody ever wake up and hear the expression or say the expression, oh, my God, I, I finally woke up this morning, and oh, my God, is like the biggest thing I could think of today. I have been of service and not even know it. I had a friend who was not very happy and didn't want to live anymore. And all of a sudden I said, well, I'll be with you for a while. So I went and stayed with the person for a whole week. And all we did, this was New Year's Eve. All we did was watch TV the whole night, the whole day, the day after, the day after, the day after. And for a whole eight days, I spent by the person's side providing, I don't know what, I didn't think anything. And all of a sudden, uh, the eight days later, he said, I think you need to go home. And I went home, and my house looks like a tornado hit it. I have ADHD, OCD, a whole lot of things in my life that has me not understanding myself or being of service. April, I wound up getting COVID, and to this day, I still have no taste and no smell. The food hasn't ever been an issue with me. I just realized he, he, he never picked up a drink again at, in 1935, and it's like, what is going on today? Everything is so clear this morning. I've never been so moved in my life, and I want to thank OA and all the people who give service and the ability that I now go on Zooms and phone calls and talk to people. Last week, a lady was saying her eyes was hurting her. I said, well, I have some ointment you could put in your eye. All of a sudden, she calls me and said, my eye is cleared up. Yesterday, somebody called and said the phone wasn't working. I said, oh, wait a minute. I have uh, something with Best Buy or whatever to get things fixed on your computer. And all of a sudden, they called. The man said, wait a minute. I'll call that person for you from Best Buy. And the computer's fixed. And it's like, wait a minute. What is all this wonderful feeling? So I really want to thank all the people who have given service, all the people over the years that have made sacrifices in their lives to help other people. And I truly, truly will not miss a call. We'll do all the steps because from November of 2019, I've been in OA and I've never done all the things I've done in the past three weeks. Thank you so much for letting me share, and uh, we'll all talk with you tomorrow, and God bless. Thank you, Elise S. from Florida, Dave M. 
Yeah, this is Dave M. in Ohio. Um, grateful, recovered person. Um, you know, when I came here, I wanted this. I wanted to never drink again. I wanted to not eat again. Um, and the thing that's great about this passage is, even though it's important there, it's very important. He became a respected and useful member of the community, and he's helped other men recover. I get to help other people get to this state. I get to not, not only do I get to not have food occupying an inordinate amount of space in my life and in my head, and most importantly in my head, I get to uh, see other people get to do that. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for my life. Thanks, Dave M. from Ohio. Trixie C. Hi, friends. Um, I came in using my, one of my family names, but my actual name is Tria. My name is Tria C., and I live in Atlanta, and this is the first time I've shared on this meeting. And, you know, this passage really jumps out at me because what I long for is service. Or to, I want to be of service to others. I want to be um, helpful. And, you know, there's so many ways, you know, I'm, I'm 43 and I think I've, my life has just been sucked up by food addiction. And anyway, I'm, I'm coming back from a relapse and I feel really clear and desperate. And so I'm really grateful for that. This is a progressive disease. It absolutely will kill me. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I'm abstinent today and and I really am feeling so grateful to be here because, you know, the story I tell in my head is that, you know, y'all have it, you know, y'all have it perfect and everyone's got it figured out and y'all, y'all's houses look good and your relationships look good. And, you know, and then this narrative that I, you know, that I don't have it figured out. And the deal is we're just, you know, I'm just with my higher power in this. I'm just trying to do it one day at a time and really imperfectly, but also really, um, really just like staying close to God. That's all. Anyway, um, sorry, my dog's barking, um, if that's distracting. So anyway, I just wanted to speak up. I wanted to try something different. And um, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks. I pass. Before you go, are you are we going to say thank you, Trixie, or thank you, Tria? Uh, Tria's fine. Thank you. Tria. Thanks, Tria C., for sharing. Cindy B. Okay, can I be heard? Yes, good morning, Cindy. Okay, thank you. Good morning. I'm Cindy B. from the Boston area, recovering and recovered in uh, food addiction and other addictions, and I'm really grateful for this conversation this morning, and, um, you know, um, I really loved the, um, we don't live to recover, we recover to live, and, um, you know, I've been in, in, in these rooms for, yeah, over 30 years. And um, what I really learned um, when I first came in, I did not work the steps the big book. I worked them according to the, um, the 12 and 12, which is a book I love, and it's great. Um, but really working the steps um, very quickly um, and not getting too bogged down um, in the fourth step and the ninth step, um, 
and making those be like Eterna steps um, has really, really changed because I really see that recovery is layered. It's not like you just get it all done and it's over. It's really layered. I take off the first layer and then I see more and then I take off another layer and I see more and you know, that's why the 10th step is so important to just continue to, someone said, rinse and repeat. Um, and what I've really come to see, you know, the big book says, this is a design for living. And, you know, my problem is I don't know how to live. You know, I'm afraid to live. I'm, a, I'm afraid to um, be myself. I'm afraid of, you know, all the things that we're all afraid of, you know, of, of, of getting sick, dying, being in poverty, you know, being rejected, being lost, being, you know, on the outside, you know, all the things. Those are all my fears, just like pretty much I think, you know, most people. Um, and I just haven't learned how to live. And so by doing the steps according to the big book, what I have really come to see is that these steps are really about a spiritual awakening and, and learning to live my life in a spiritual way rather than in this mundane way where, you know, I'm just taking, you know, actions or doing things and they don't have a soul's purpose behind them. But when I, when I do my two-way prayer with higher power, um, I feel like I get a soul's purpose from that. And then I take that into my day. And then I see where it is that my higher power wants me to serve. And, and I get to, at the end of the day, look back and say, how did it go? You know, did you, you know, how did things go? And, and it's such a beautiful way of like bookending my day. And also, you know, what someone was saying is like, when you put more than one day together and you do it for a period of time, it's really miraculous how things start to change. And, and I'm seeing things. Okay, I'll just finish up with this. I'm just seeing things now that I didn't see. And I think, how could I not see that? But I'm always getting new aha moments. So thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Cindy B. from the Boston area. Liz T. Hi, good morning. This is Liz T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota. So that was June 1935. He never drank again. He too has become a respected and useful member of his community. So um, <clears throat> the line about becoming a respected and useful member of his community really stood out to me this morning. Um, you know, I, I never thought of myself as, you know, like an unreliable person when I was in my active disease. I thought I um, still, um, functioned pretty well. Um, on the outside, you would have maybe thought I still, you know, had it together, but I look back at pictures and I was just miserable. You know, I had that sadness in my eyes. I couldn't get down on the floor and play with my kids. Um, I was very much caught up in like, um, comparing my insides to other people's outsides. I looked around the neighborhood and thought everybody had it different from me. And, better, you know, better than me. And they had this like secret, um, manual on life that I didn't have. And, um, gosh, you know, recovery and working the 12 steps, becoming entirely abstinent, all of that is, has slipped away. Like the promises are coming true, you know, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. 
um, what other people's opinions of me, so much of that has vanished. And I just, I praise and thank God because I had so many self-help books and um, tried so many different things to like feel better about myself and um, have better self-esteem. And really what has worked for me is working these 12 steps and doing esteemable actions, you know, doing my amends, like talk about cleaning up the wreckage of my past, um, the, the promises of being able to look the world in the eye again, you know, and not have to dodge people, you know, like being afraid I'm going to run into somebody because I had been a jerk before and all those kind of things. Um, so yeah, I'm just really grateful for these, these lines and, you know, he never drank again. You know, it's just that confidence that these recovered alcoholics had that, that we as compulsive overeaters can have too. We never need to eat compulsively ever again. And uh, if we're hanging on to any lurking notion um, that we may need to pick up for this reason or that reason, we're in big trouble. You know, I'll speak for myself. I'm in big trouble if I'm hanging on to a, a lurking notion. I need to know that I'm, I'm done. I'm done for good. So anyway, with that, I will pass. I think my time is up. And thank you, everybody, for being of service. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Liz T. from Minnesota. And Alita S., you'll be closing us out for the first hour. Hi, this is Alita S. from Ontario, Canada. And it's uh, my first time sharing on any um, meeting. And I'm uh, grateful to be able to do it. I am, um, you know, I look at that paragraph and I think that can never be me. You know, I'm just so full of fear um, and, uh, you know, fear of, of negative judgment, fear of rejection. Um, and, and yet I, I long for that. I long for that um, usefulness. You know, I'm in a position in my job uh, where I have the imposter syndrome. I think, do they even, do they realize, you know, how maybe I shouldn't be here? Um, but you know what, hearing everybody speak it gives me a lot of hope, um, and I, I want to work these steps with the desperation of drowning men, and that's what I'm doing with my sponsor. Um, and I, and and though I live with fear shot through my life, that corroding thread they talk about, um, I have to believe that people aren't lying about their recovery, you know, because that's something that pops into my. My head is that, you know, people surely can't be this capable and and, um, useful and uh, helpful to others, you know, with um, uh, that altruistic um, program that they talk about. But I'm I'm listening to it and I have to believe that that it's true. So just putting it out there that um, thank you so much for sharing your your hope. Um, your, your your experience, your strength and your hope is what they say. Um, my hope too is that I get through these steps and I have that spiritual awakening that can take away, you know, yeah, my fears. And I know I'll have to be living, you know, with that fear. It's not that it's all going to go away and never come back, but that there'll be a way to deal with it. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. So that's all I've got. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you for sharing, Alita S. 
thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 18,387. That's 18387. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Crystal P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning, this is Crystal P. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Feel freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.